This is FritzCast. It's Saturday, March 23rd, 2019, and welcome to this week's edition of the FritzCast. We've, uh, you know, I've had to do some moving around and some jostling with the schedule uh, as of late. Uh, pretty much I moved the show recordings to Fridays because it's a freebie day. I have a couple hours that, uh, that, uh, my beautiful wife goes to work for a little bit. So it doesn't take away time from, from our time. And it helps me still do the podcast, which, you know, at this point is still a hobby. You know, this, this isn't a, this isn't a money-making venture for me or anything. This is something I do for funsies. And uh, so I moved it to Fridays, but sometimes, you know, life gets in the way. Uh, I put out last night on Twitter that the episode was going to be done up today, uh, which I was I was going to do it yesterday. Uh, there's a plethora of things that popped up in the way, though. First and foremost, uh, family always comes first, period, the end. And pregnant wifey definitely takes supreme priority. Um there's something that I've learned over the course of of um, marriage. We're, we're about to hit nine years of marriage uh, this July, and uh, in nine years of marriage, you know, I I learned very early on: happy wife, happy life. It's a it's a tried and true method of uh, a tried and true tested method of living your life. Uh, it works wonders, absolutely. Um, I've learned, I learned very shortly into my wife's pregnancy that, uh, that my, my silly, petty little needs are, uh, are absolutely secondary to what my wife's going through. I mean, you know, I I don't know how other husbands go through their wife's first pregnancy and expecting their first child and all that. Uh, my wife has passed along material to me that, you know, I haven't flopped on the side. Uh, I have this app on my phone called, uh, I think it's called Baby Center. In fact, there it is right there, Baby Center, which has all my wife's information plugged in so I can see uh, at what stage our child is developing uh, throughout the pregnancy. So right now we're, we're sitting at like 16 weeks, I think. And by the way, day's tend to blend together too, right? <laughs> 16 weeks. Today in this app every day, it'll show me, you know, when we hit week 17, it'll show me uh where the baby stands right now uh in in development and it'll show me pictures and it'll play informational videos and it'll tell me things about my wife's pregnancy and you know, things like morning sickness and what's going on, you know. It's a uh, I mean, it's a learning experience. I mean, obviously, we've never been through it. She's never been through it. So this is the first time we're going through something like this. And as a husband and expectant father, I'm very interested in what's going on. So, you know, that app helps me follow along and gives me very useful information. Then there's uh, there's the, you know, what to expect when expecting stuff. And she's got me listening to an audio book by... Uh, Miam uh, Balak Bialki. Uh, I can't even pronounce her last name, but she's the chick from Big Bang Theory. Very smart PhD and stuff. 
neuroscience, I believe is, is what it is. So I'm listening to audio books, I'm reading articles, I'm doing all this stuff, and I'm following along, and, and but, but I'm figuring out, like, you know, uh, she's got the tough end of the deal here. <laughs> That's what, like, if you, if, if you and your wife become pregnant, or your girlfriend, you know, whatever, um, they, they've got the hard work cut out for them. Um, our hard work, my hard work, is literally just doing the basic stuff. You know, making sure the house is clean. You know, maybe doing the dishes so she doesn't have to do them. Folding the laundry so she doesn't have to do them. Picking up stuff around the house so she doesn't have to bend over. You know, like, support stuff. And then, you know, giving her a massage and making sure she feels comfortable. You know, taking over different things. That's my job. That's my job. You know why? Because... When I'm waking up, I'm not waking up with the possibility of being nauseated by the smell of coffee. I mean, she's not now either, mind you. That ended promptly at the start of the second trimester. But well, in the first trimester, my wife couldn't touch coffee, and if I brewed a cert, if I brewed darker coffees or anything, like she had, like the smell was horrendous to her. So, you know, was it a sacrifice to not make darker blend coffees? For a couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. Supreme sacrifice. So hard for me to do. You know, not really. It, it wasn't really that problematic for me to do. But the point is that I'm not going through my life getting random, you know, pains. You know, round ligament pain's a thing. You just get it. Your body's changing because you're pregnant. Like, those are change, those are physical changes that I'm not going through. Those are psychological and hormonal changes that I'm not going through. She's going through a lot. She's going through a lot. So, yeah, occasionally, you know, occasionally the program might, you know, suffer a setback for a week. Oh, well, you know, is it that big of a deal? Not not in the grander scheme of things, no. So, bear with me uh, if you're following me on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, you know, and then most people do. Family comes first, you know. If 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 I put off a week of the Fritz cast for something, uh, that's way more important than it is. Then that that'll be the case. There will be a makeup somehow. There will be a reference to some other material, or I'll just tweet out, you know, something because that's easy to do. And I thank everybody for their comments and for their concern. Everybody who's following along at home, um, everything is still going well. Uh, and I appreciate the comments and the reaching out and the congratulations and all that stuff. But that wasn't everything that happened the other day, too. Um, you know, car, work, problems. Yeah. Isn't it amazing? It's like clockwork. You pay off your car and you get rid of a huge monthly, well, not huge, but, uh, you know, significant monthly payment. And all of a sudden, you, you take it into the shop and you need to get X, Y, and Z done. And that adds up to, you know, even more than what your car payment was. Isn't that awesome? It's awesome. So that kind of, you know, threw a, a wrench in yesterday's plans as well. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. It's not the worst thing in the world. You, you do have to sit back and still realize that you're very blessed. You have to look at all the blessings that you have in life. And uh, I feel like I go into this talking point all too often that I think especially here in America for some reason, but people in general tend not to be thankful for the things that they have. And maybe that's just the internet age and, and you know, angst talking and, and things like that, but 
You know, it seems more often than not I'm hearing or seeing people complain about things, about how, you know, life isn't fair and, you know, things can never seem to go right and all that. You know, and I mean, you know, there's a time and a place for that stuff, and I'm sure that some people go through more than what others go through. Uh, it's, I mean, everybody's... It's all uniquely individual experiences for, for everybody. Every, everybody's different and everything, you know, all the experiences can be different, you know, and, and things like that. But, like, there was there was something on Twitter that, that kind of set me off. I guess it was the first time I ever really subtweeted because I didn't uh, quote tweet or uh, retweet the original tweet, but it was from Charlotte Alter who wrote, AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and I were born the same year. She was a Dunkaroos kid. I liked fruit roll-ups. People our age n- have never experienced American prosperity in our adult lives, which is why so many millennials are embracing democratic socialism. And she wrote this article on Time that says change is closer than we think inside Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's unlikely rise. And the tweet rubbed me completely the wrong way. Uh, and I think it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Because, number one, Charlotte Alter is the daughter of Jonathan Alter, who is a liberal progressive American journalist, best-selling author, documentary filmmaker, television producer, and columnist and senior editor at Newsweek magazine from 1983 to 2011, and has written three best-selling New York Times books, and uh, he could often be times oftentimes be heard on Imus in the Morning and the Al Franken Show on Air America Radio. 2013 to 2014, he served as executive producer on Amazon Studios production Alpha House, which starred John Goodman and uh, Clark Johnson and Matt Malloy, among other people. And in 2019, he co-produced and co-directed Breslin and Hamill Deadline Arts, a documentary about columnist Jimmy Breslin and Pete Hamlin. And, among other things... He has been, uh, he's a host of a a radio show with his children right now, um, on the radio. Um, he's a veteran of Chicago politics, and he has, uh, among other things, as well, uh, I believe worked on things like The Daily Show. Uh, the, the point is, he's a very involved, very successful guy. And here's his daughter talking about not experiencing American prosperity. Um, Mind you, she didn't say directly that she didn't experience American prosperity. She said that um, her and and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's generation hasn't experienced American prosperity, and that's why they're turning to democratic socialism. And I tweeted out this, quote, If you're saying on Twitter from your $900 phone that you and most of your generation, of which I am a part, haven't experienced American prosperity, what the hell do you think it is? What the hell do you think it is? Now, mind you, at, at the time that I tweeted that out, I di- it didn't register to me that in her tweet she didn't specifically say herself. I, I can give her the benefit of the doubt for that, but... Our generation, the American millennial generation, hasn't experienced American prosperity? Really? We haven't experienced American prosperity. Listen, 
do 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 people uh, this this comes back to people not appreciating what they have really not appreciating what you have um are you living in America did you grow up with a roof over your head did you have both of your parents or even one of your parents did you have shoes on your feet did you have water piped into your house did you have electricity did you miss any meals did you have clothes for yourself did you go to school did you go to a public school did you get a job even at minimum wage did you get a job do you have a car and even if you don't have a car do you have some method or or means of using public transportation of some kind do you have access to the internet did you play video games video games did you play any of them because these are things that if you've experienced in your lifetime I'm willing to argue that that's a little bit of American prosperity I mean you know I understand when we get into this argument about stuff yes there are other countries that have the Western civilization, you know, and westernized culture. So I'm not like saying, here we are in America and we got all this stuff and they don't have it in the United Kingdom or anywhere else. Not in the Netherlands, not in Denmark, not in Sweden. You know, I don't even know how people live in Canada. Like, I'm not saying crap like that, but, you know, obviously, westernized society, westernized culture, and all these other countries that are, you know, not third world countries we have a lot we have a lot of consumerism we have roofs over our heads our floors aren't made of dirt we have water that's piped into our house we have electricity we have cable television we have uh we have internet uh we have game consoles we have televisions most people have three or four televisions in their home right now as we speak most people have a home computer. A lot of people, if the, a lot of people who don't have a laptop or a tablet or their cell phones, and everything that I've already mentioned so far, the electronics and stuff like that, and the internet and all that, those are luxuries. I mean, have they kind of whittled their way into being necessities into our lives? Maybe for the way that we live our lives, but they're luxuries. Compared to other pe- places in the world, there are luxuries in the fact that you could you could survive without them. And sometimes I think the the name of the game just becomes a, a of trying to paint a picture that is just not you know true. And I mean, maybe it's just the way that I live my life, but I try to be thankful for things, you know. Mind you, I have I just had to dump a lot of money into my car. We'll keep it at an, an at an undisclosed figure, but let's just say when they gave me the bill, I wasn't happy about it. But was it some insurmountable thing that I can't possibly afford? It wasn't. I mean, it just sucks. It sucks because I don't want to see that amount of money go to my car. I would have loved to 
sling it at another debt. I would have liked to sling it somewhere else, maybe even put it in savings. But not 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 going to kill us. It's not going to kill us in the way that if my car just took a giant poop that I'd have to go, oh, crap. And then, you know, then I could go out and then secure another auto loan and another payment that I could manage even though I didn't want to manage. You know, something along those lines. And I know that there's somebody out there who probably can't do that. Uh, they probably can't just go to the car dealership and rope themselves into another payment. Which makes me look at myself and go, you know what, man? I'm, you know, th- that's not me being able to do that isn't necessarily what other people would look at it and call privilege. The the only reason that I can is hard work and and financial control. That's the only reason that I that I can do it. The only reason I can do it is is actually hard work on my end and my wife's end of balancing our finances and keeping our credit score up. Which isn't easy because probably a couple years ago, 4 or 5 years ago, my debt was in a worse situation than it is now. And that takes work to get away from. It's not just something, it's not like they waved a wand and got rid of it for me, or I did that. No, I had to put in a lot of hours at work. I had to pick up a lot of overtime, you know, to fix a situation that, mind you, I created myself. I dug that hole for me. Nobody dug that hole for me. I did. So maybe maybe it's just a different way of thinking for me, but, you know, in terms of... Did I experience American prosperity? I mean, like, you know, my mom and my dad weren't rich. And then my father died when I was, you know, four years old. Which put my mom raising myself at four years old. My next up sister, who was, you know, two to three years older than me. We'll call her seven. Uh, And then another sister. Like, several siblings under the age of teenage years. And a couple that were becoming adults and, and going on their own. But my mom had to support the family some way. And had to work. And have a job and, and have earnings. Lucky lucky enough that she had pensions left from my father. From his line of work. Lucky that she had a church that was always ready to step in. Mind you, my mother balanced all that while her while her second youngest daughter, my older sister, the next one up, three years difference from me, while while she got cancer. And my mom balanced it out somehow. I mean, maybe that maybe it wasn't, maybe that wasn't American prosperity, but uh, I would I would render or I would argue at least anyway that I, I that I have no right to say that there wasn't uh, some form of blessing there growing up that. Despite all the hardship of that, that 
there wasn't people who were worse off. You know, I don't I don't know. I don't know, but anybody that's listening to this right now has to get on the internet to listen to it. And if you're listening to it on a personal device, I mean, do, I mean, are you not experiencing some form of prosperity because I can name to you right now a dozen other countries where people have to walk a couple miles to a well to get water. Not to mention the fact that we could still look at Flint, Michigan that doesn't have clean water. And that has direct government involvement here. So, I mean, you know, are things screwed up? I mean, yeah, I guess. I guess it depends on where you look. Really. But that tweet really grinded my gears. It, it did. Uh, and I think it's just because it's become... I, I don't know how, but because we can all flock to the internet, we can all stupidly say things without really thinking about them. And maybe that's what it is. But but anyway. But anyway, in the, in the news, yesterday... And I was kind of glad that the podcast got put off to today because yesterday Robert Mueller turned in his investigative report and he's done. And it's been it's been two years of the Mueller report being shilled left and right by the news media, um, by by people talking about it, hyping it up, talking about how it's going to get Trump impeached and all this all this jazz. Robert Mueller has turned in the finalized report. The finalized report has not been released to the public yet. That's what a lot of Democrats on Twitter are calling for right now. A lot of other progressives and liberals are on social media calling for the public release of this information because it is widely speculated and reported that Mueller has suggested that there is no further indictments to have and that he's done that nothing further to explore or come from this report, which is, I believe, exactly what I alluded to what was going to happen. An underwhelming report of stuff about business dealings and other things like that, but no actual collusion between Donald J. Trump and his campaign with Russia because it ties into Trump derangement syndrome of what people have fallen into I think people got so ingrained and invested uh, because so many people are grinding their teeth over Donald Trump and how terrible it has America has become that instead of scaling back even just a little bit Granted, I get it. You don't like the orange man. Orange man, bad. I kind of agree with you on that. I, I, I think I've kind of thrown it out there that uh, Donald Trump is not a good character. I do not like his character. I do not like him as a person. I sincerely doubt I could have a beer with Donald J. Trump. Especially because he allegedly doesn't drink alcohol. But even if he did, I you know I don't foresee him being on the short list of people I'd want to have a beer with. Not so much. Not so much. Now, 
Does that mean that Mueller's investigation was a complete waste? Not exactly. Everybody's kind of jumping the gun right now with the report being released, but it hasn't been released publicly. And until it's public knowledge, there's no for sure answer. This is what people want to talk about. I think everybody needs to pump the brakes. Everybody's looking for the hot take, and I don't think the hot take is there yet. There's some telling things, like if he's not recommending further indictments, I mean, you can't indict a sitting president. Is there evidence in there that would suggest that Trump should be impeached is a different story. So I think most people are jumping the gun. Most people don't want to take their time. This is a 24-7 news bite world, and this is juice right now. This is juice for the weekend and for next week. And that's what's going to happen. There's going to be so much talk and dialogue and buzz about it. To the degree that I'm one of those people saying, yeah, I want this report released to the public so that, you know, I can scrum through it. I mean, I'm just a plebe, though. I'm going to be looking at other people combing through it because it's going to be pages and pages and pages and pages and pages. A normal person can't sit through, nor should you really want to, as a normal person, sit, scrum through that entire investigative report. And I mean, for real, it's the size of a book. I have a digital copy of the DOJ report about Russian interference, not collusion, Russian interference with the election that people seem to not care about at all. It's all about collusion. Everybody wants to talk about the collusion that Trump might have had with Russia and completely lack focus on the fact that there is an over 900-page report from the DOJ about Russian interference in the election, which was proven to have infiltrated social media websites and exploited both sides of the political spectrum, both Democrats and Republicans. People seem to forget that because people don't care. Right now it's about crucifying Donald Trump. And I'm not saying crucifying as in that Trump derangement syndrome, I mean, it's partly that. People have been blinded by their wanting to crucify Donald Trump. To a, de- to a degree, to an extent, that it, it this became a very dangerous game in my mind. On both sides. And in the end... If that is the case, Russia is still winning. The Kremlin is still laughing because we're too obsessed over this to actually put our foot forward and fix the problem. Guys, that's going to do it for me today. No, it's a shorter episode, but that's all right. I'm in the works with something for the Electoral College because that is becoming a hot-button topic. And several states, which we won't go over right now, but several states have placed into law that their electoral votes will go to the national winner, the winner of the national of the national popular vote. And it's sparking up a debate of what is the what is the Electoral College? What is its purpose? Is it important, you know? And That's going to be a very involved discussion to the degree that it might not just be me. I'm actually looking right now 
at possibly reaching out to other podcasters and other people to probably do something like a Google Hangouts of sorts where we can sit and discuss and talk about it. Uh, because it's so much information, that could be a very large episode. And if you're listening and you're interested in it, please, please reach out to me uh, through the various methods that I'm going to tell you about right now. But please reach out to me. And you don't even have to be a podcaster. You can just be Joe somebody saying, like, I want my opinion included on this. This is what I think. You know, send me send me audio clips if you want. Send me video clips. Send me research that you have, what have you. Uh, because in the next couple of weeks or a month or so, I want to do this episode on the Electoral College. And I want it to be a big, important thing where we get a, a variety of opinions and views on it. So, as I said, that's going to do it for me for this week. Uh, follow me on Twitter at FritzQS, Facebook.com slash the FritzCast, and FritzCastPodcast at gmail.com. I'm on various other platforms. You can listen to this podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and various other podcasting platforms, wherever podcasts are broadcast. You can uh, listen in on this program. Remember, I love you all, and I'll see you all next week.